Chicago, April 10th, 2017. Passengers on a United Airlines flight bound for Louisville, Kentucky, witnessed in horror as a man was forcibly removed from his seat and physically dragged down the aisle to make room for airline staff. The episode was recorded by passengers and quickly went viral on social media, sparking massive outrage. The next day, the airline stock plummeted, losing $1.4 billion by midday. So how was this decision made? What determined the passengers' removal from the aircraft? Was it, as some speculated, racial bias, as the passenger was a man of Chinese origin? or simply the impartial flip of a coin? The answer is very different. It was algorithms. Here's what happened. United employees boarded a full flight from Chicago to Louisville. Before they departed, a United crew also bound for Louisville showed up at the gate at the last minute for the airline to give them a ride. In the airline industry, this practice is known as deadheading. It consists of transporting the airline's own personnel free of charge on a normal passenger trip so that they can be in the right place to begin their duties. However, the flight was completely full. To fix that, a United Airlines scheduling algorithm decided that the crew on the deadheading flight had priority over the other passengers. Consequently, four passengers had to be removed to make room for the crew. At first, United asked for volunteers. A corporate financial algorithm authorized gate employees to offer passengers up to $800 to take a later flight, but no passenger accepted the offer. When persuasion through incentives fail, United proceeded to remove the passengers from the flight on a non-voluntary basis. To determine which passengers to remove, United used a customer value algorithm. This algorithm calculated the value of each passenger based on frequent flyer status, ticket price, connecting flights, and other criteria. Of the four passengers identified by the algorithm, three agreed to disembark as instructed by the flight crew. One refused and was removed from the plane through the use of force. At that point, what had been a logical but not less controversial decision turned into an authoritarian one, and ended up in the embarrassing episode that went viral on the internet. Technology is dramatically changing the way we live and interact with the world. The United Airlines case is just one example of how companies and governments are increasingly using algorithms to make decisions today. As we become more reliant on technology, it is essential to ask ourselves what algorithms are, what they're for, and how they impact our lives. Answering these questions brings us closer to a better understanding of not only our digital societies, but also ourselves. Hello everyone and welcome to the IT Essentials Podcast, a podcast of the Master of Governance and Law and Digital Society of the University of Gronia. 
My name is Leonor Burmeister, and in this podcast series, we will take a deeper look into the key technological concepts that you probably have heard about, but nobody has explained to you before. In this first episode, we will talk about algorithms. We will start by understanding what they are, what forms they take, and how they can be used. We will then discuss the possible problems and concerns that their use pose in our modern societies. To start talking about algorithms, we must first define them. That's why we asked an expert. My name is João Carlos Magalhães, and I'm a citizen professor here at the Media and Journalism Studies Department at the University of Groningen. João's research has focused on the intersection of three concepts, politics, datification, and ethics. His work essentially addresses two questions. First, how have datification technologies been used by governments and citizens to participate politically? Second, how can we make sense of the values and policy decisions that go into the design of datification technologies? So, João, let's start by trying to grasp the concept. What are algorithms? Or, in other words, how would you define them? Right, so it, that's a very good question, in fact, because, um, you know, when I was beginning my PhD, I had the ex exact same question. And then I, I started reading some um, texts by mathematicians. And of course, there will be all sorts of definitions. But uh, one thing that you learn is that, as you know, dig deeper in algorithmic theory, is that they don't really know how to define an algorithm. So there's no, no general definition. But if there's no general definition, how can we understand algorithms? João invites us to think of algorithms in terms of a recipe. Uh, usually when people think of algorithms generally, you're talking about, uh, one way of talking about them is sort of a thinking of a recipe, right? So you put some inputs in a certain order and that will give you an output. Uh, and usually this is the um, metaphor that people use to describe algorithms, you know, the, the recipe, the formula. While the metaphor is useful, we quickly realize how unspecific it is. Indeed, almost everything can be presented as a set of rules to follow, from our secret recipe for preparing carbonara pasta, to our exercise routine for the perfect summer body, or the process to obtaining our master's degree. However, we wouldn't call either of them algorithms, and certainly not computer algorithms. What does it take then for a formula to become an algorithm? The key is automation. Here's Rome again. So I think that, uh, yeah, that's perhaps one absolutely important central insight about algorithms, which is automation. So it's not you doing your courses and getting a degree, because then it's you, a human being, making decisions and um, actually manually living your life in a way, and then you, someone, another human being, will give you a degree. Here we are just talking about well, computational transactions. Tying the threads together, algorithms can be defined as a finite sequence of well-defined instructions for a computer system to automatically perform a task or solve a particular problem. Naturally, not all algorithms are the same. They vary in terms of the problems they solve and the methods they use to solve them. 
Therefore, algorithms can be classified in multiple ways according to different criteria. By their design methodology or paradigm, that is, by the approach they follow to construct efficient solutions to problems, which may either be the iteration of all available possibilities to solve that problem, as when we try to open a safe, or the breakdown of a problem into two or more sub-problems of the same or related types until they become simple enough to be solved directly, as when we are trying to find the shortest path between two points in a map. Also by their means of implementation, which may be logical deductions of the type if x then y, or by means of conjectures supported by heuristics. We can also define them by their complexity, their purpose or goal, and even by their field of study, such as graph algorithms, medical algorithms, sorting algorithms, and many others. But just as not all algorithms are the same, not all have the same impact on our lives. In fact, most of the time we benefit without major consequences from very simple algorithms that allow us to sort products by price when we shop online or recommend us new songs based on our musical tastes. However, there is one group of algorithms to which we should pay more attention. Today we are mostly concerned with algorithms in the context of AI. Not all algorithms are AI, right? So um, selection algorithms or uh, algorithms that will parse out information, algorithms that will block out some terms. This is all very simple algorithms, but in the context of, usually when you think of platforms, we're talking about AI algorithms and not only any kind of AI, one specific family of AI, which today has become the no dominant form of AI, which is machine learning algorithms. And even in the machine learning universe, there's like, you know, different subfamilies. And it, so you see, it's kind of a really, it's a tree that opens up into many branches. Uh, so when we say that Facebook has, um, um, or I always use Facebook as a, an example, but you can use any other, um, any other platform. Think of you know, Google, um, Google search, which is a platform, although not a social media platform. So even if you think of, um, uh, they, they, they have algorithms, but what they do mostly is like machine learning algorithms. So, which again, it's a very peculiar kind of algorithm because it's a, it's a family of algorithms that generate algorithms, right? That's why it's called a master algorithm. It's an algorithm that is trained to find out um, uh, patterns or is, is, I mean, there's different ways of doing this training. Uh, and then it will generate a statistical model, which is in itself an algorithm model, which you can use to then um, uh, make decisions. Machine learning algorithms differ from other types of algorithms because they use historical data as input to predict new output values. The use of such algorithms has been an important competitive differentiator for many companies, providing insight into customer behavior trends and business operating patterns, as well as supporting new product development. Yet, the very extractive nature of machine learning algorithms makes their use problematic. That's why when we asked Joao if such algorithms could be used by governments and corporations, his answer was hesitant. Using algorithms, it's impossible. Machine learning, the way machine learning algorithms are designed, it depends on a constant flux of data. And more often than not, a constant flux of data can only be done, can only be achieved, can only be designed through surveillance. 
Therefore, and although they are powerful tools for decision-making and analysis, algorithms should always be viewed with skepticism, beyond their obvious advantages. Social media, for instance, is a clear example of this, being a clear case of power imbalances. Uh, behind it is understanding that yes, you know, there will be finally a fragmentation, a, a truly democratization of freedom of expression. Um, there are people who are using this, those platforms, they're completely unequal, they have different goals. Problems also arise when talking about decision processes. Algorithms are helpful in that they can differentiate and analyze complex patterns and relations much quicker and efficiently than humans. But an algorithm is not a moral compass, and it does not always conclude on the fairest outcome. For example, AI being used to predict future criminals has shown a bias in elevated potential for racial discrimination. This bias can also be translated into the workplace, especially through new AI-driven HR recruiting software. The United Passenger case discussed earlier clearly shows how automated decisions can be logical and detrimental at the same time, as they always rely on human-defined criteria, which can be biased and discriminatory by nature. In turn, the choice on whether or not to automate a certain task or decision comes down to a cost-benefit analysis. Here's Joao again. So, so far, all decisions on whether you should automate stuff have been mainly commercial decisions driven by corporate actors that wanted to um, automate things, uh, optimize feelings, and um, essentially be sure that people would come back for their products. Another concern around algorithms regards privacy. As far as the process is concerned, the overall design of algorithms includes building the engine, that is, the algorithm, deciding on the data it will be fed with, and then creating various visualization systems and dashboards that are then used in practice. This involves a large set of decisions in all these various stages, and the decisions vary according to the purpose of the algorithm. For example, social media sites are able to advertise content you're likely to engage with based on your previous actions. That means having every action tracked and having profiles built on you. However, that begs the question, how will companies use this data? While some regulators are trying to implement legislation to protect user privacy, this is a continuously evolving space with implications for most businesses. So how do we make those decisions when it comes to the design of algorithmic systems? Once you make a decision that those systems should be designed and they sh um, according to ethical um, principles or that ethics should play um, a very important role in the decision of those systems. And then comes the... I, I would say that that first question is uh, it's really hard to actually not to answer. We know the answer to it, but actually to implement. Because companies, they're still very reluctant to accept that uh, not... They, they know very well now that, of course, they know the ethical um, mistakes of their implying in their technologies, but they are still very reluctant to say that this is not a commercial economic decision, that this is a political moral decision. The ultimate goal of decision-making algorithmic systems is to have them make decisions based on calculations humans cannot compute themselves. 
However, as these intelligent machines get smarter, humans may no longer understand how they reach their final conclusions. In turn, another concern is transparency, as algorithms are still built around a fair degree of opacity. It is often the case that the steps necessary to produce an output are not totally accessible to everyone, whether because they are very technical subjects or because they concern confidential information. That has some serious implications. But I think that there's a, there's a lot of conspiratorial thinking around algorithms, which again comes from this top-down, simplified understanding of what algorithms are and how they work. This can be particularly concerning when talking about algorithmic decision-making processes that directly affect citizens' lives, like the life of the expelled United flight passenger. All of these issues show the importance of planning and evaluation in the algorithmic design phase. Before an algorithm can be designed, it is important to check that the problem is completely understood. In turn, there should be an initial question of is it right to use an algorithm to solve this problem? In some cases, this can be a complex analysis. I think what's really necessary, and I, 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 if you asked me this, the same question two years ago, I wouldn't say the same thing, but now I, I grew convinced that we need some kind of content moderation. And when you have billions of users, it's impossible to do content moderation without algorithms. So today, AI, the most consequential usage of AI in the context of social media is content moderation. That's how I see it. So I think you need AI to moderate content, but you don't need AI for, you know, recommend um, content. Values and ethics certainly have a role to play in the decisions made when designing algorithms. But still, when specific situations arise, decision might not be that evident. Taking the example of algorithms in social media platforms, João explains that choosing what kind of values underpin algorithmic decisions is not a straightforward task. But once we make that meta decision, if you will, right, and then comes the, the most, I would say, incredibly difficult problem of, um, sort of or deciding which values we should promote because values, they're not straightforward, right? So you say that I want to promote democracy. How do you do this? Many people say that it's, uh, it's impossible to have democracy with any kind of content moderation, and other people say it's the other way around. You cannot have um, democracy without content moderation. While these seem like complex and hard challenges to face, algorithms must not be feared or demonized. Instead, it is essential to understand what they are and how they work in order to control how they are used in making important decisions. I think what's really necessary, and I, 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 if you asked me this, the same question two years ago, I wouldn't say the same thing, but now I, I grew convinced that we need some kind of content moderation. And when you have billions of users, it's impossible to do content moderation without algorithms. So today, AI, the most consequential usage of AI in the context of social media is content moderation. That's how I see it. So I think you need AI to moderate content, but you don't need AI for, you know, recommend um, content. 
Whether used for commercial or governance reasons, all of the potential negative implications of the use of algorithms must be weighed against their benefits. Most importantly, those responsible have to take accountability for the decisions made. Although that is, again, a complex task. If you don't understand that algorithms are not this, you know, isolated machine making decisions by itself, and it's actually in a system, a very much more complex system, changing all the time, that is sort of, you know, shaped by us, but shaped, of course, at the end of the day, by designers as well, in ways that designers very often don't understand what's going on in their systems. If we, if we take this, a simplistic view of those systems, especially from students, it kind of uh, prevents them to actually um, changing those systems in the way that those systems should be changed. So you must embrace complexity without um, assuming that complexity is this fog that uh, will prevent us from making decisions on who is responsible for what. So where does that lead us? Hopefully to a less complicated way to look at algorithms. Uh, of course, as I said, I mean, algorithms, especially if you think of computers, that all computers are essentially algorithmic machines. They have been around for many, many years. But uh, when algorithms started making decisions on things that are you know, part of our everyday lives, such as what we see in our phones, um, I think then people started thinking about algorithms, but it's very early on. So my hope is that people will develop over time a much more nuanced um, understanding of algorithms. We hope to have provided basic insights into the somewhat mysterious world of algorithms. This complex and relevant topic is not completely covered in this short episode, which is why we invite you to dig deeper and think beyond the binary. This was the IT Essentials podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode informative and helpful. Algorithms can be complex and intimidating, but we hope this episode has given you a better understanding of how they work and how you can use them to your advantage. Stay tuned for more episodes of the IT Essentials podcast. This last paragraph was not written by us, but by GTP3, a machine learning algorithm from the artificial intelligence lab OpenAir. The input given to GTP3 was to write the conclusion of a podcast script about algorithms, starting with, this was the IT Essentials podcast, and we will see you next time. Still not convinced of the power of algorithms?